0: everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Church Online here at Cultivate Church. We're honored you're here with us. If you're our guest, it's your first time with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Wherever you're tuning in, however you're listening in via podcast or right there online, we're just honored you're spending your day with us here at Church Online. We're we're beginning a brand new series we've entitled, But God. But God. Last week, last month was an incredible month. Uh, you, if you may remember the series Be Rich, we've seen God do incredible things in the lives of people through that series. I would encourage you to log on to CultivateChurch.tv. Check all of those series out. All of our messages are right there online available for you. And, and this month we cont- we're we beginning this series, But God. And I love the idea, But God. Maybe you've heard that. You know there's lots and lots of times all throughout Scripture where something happened, where things began to happen, and they were negative. I mean, life was going crazy. Uh, It seemed as if the enemy was going to win. And then you see this little clause, this little conjunction that says, but God, but God stepped in and did something incredible. You know, we are right on the verge of celebrating 10 years here at Cultivate Church as a church. And man, we've seen God do incredible things in the lives of people all across Shelby County. I can tell you, we have witnessed in our own stories a lot of but God moments, a lot of moments where we had no clue what was going to happen next. I've experienced that personally in my own life. We've experienced it here in the life of our church, where we didn't know what was going to happen, and it looked as if maybe the end was coming, but God. He stepped in, and he's always been faithful, and he's always showed up. And all month long, we're going to be sharing with you some stories through Scripture. Maybe we're going to share a few stories from our church. Did you know this, that if you look around at Cultivate Church, most of the people in our church have experienced life change right here in the context of this church. I want to read with you a theme verse that we're going to be reading all month long. It's Ephesians chapter two verses four and five, and it tells us this way. It says, says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loves us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And I love this. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. I love that he does that. He says, in case you didn't understand what I just said, it's only by God's grace that you've been saved. What does that mean? He's saying, but God, who is so rich in mercy, all of us, if you're breathing, the Bible reminds us that uh, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, None of us can live up on our best day to the glory of God, to the majesty of God, to the perfection of the Father in heaven. And all of us need a Savior, and none of us can actually attain it to ourself. And then it says, but God. All of us on our way to a place spending eternity apart from God, what the, what the Bible calls hell. Eternity apart from God, but God who is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. All month long, we're going to be talking about these but God moments. Maybe you're in a season right now where you're asking God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's next. I have no clue how we're going to overcome this or get out of this or find healing through this sickness or where, God, am I going to see an answer to this prayer? And maybe you're waiting on a moment where Scripture would interject and say, but God showed up, and that made all the difference. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture to you this morning that's going to set up the rest of our message. It's in Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 Through 19. It's talking about Abraham and God's purpose and plan for his life and his wife. It says, Then God said to Abraham regarding Sarai, his wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on you will name her Sarah, and it will and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed at himself. He laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of a hundred? He thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she's 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, May Ishmael, we know that's his other son. The Bible says that Abraham didn't necessarily believe God, so he kind of took things into his own hand and he had a son through a mistress named Ishmael and he said may Ishmael live under your special blessing but God replied no Sarah your wife will give birth to a son for you you're going to name him Isaac and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant I love this scripture because it's, it relates so well to where we are in our lives today Maybe you are in a place in your own life where maybe at one time you felt God call you into a certain thing in this world. Maybe when you were a child or maybe at some point in your life you knew that God was going to just do something with you or through you in your life. Or maybe you just knew that you had a purpose and a plan and and at one point it it was different than where you are today but maybe somewhere along the line, you took some things into your own hands and you began to make decisions in your own strength and it led you to the place that you are. And you look back over those seasons of your life and you think, man, what could have been? What might have been had I not made that decision? had I not married this person. Had I not took that job. Had I not fallen into that addiction. And man, there's just no way that God could ever do anything great with me now. I love the story where Abraham hears from God and then he laughs within himself. And then he took it into his own hands. He said, "God, I got an idea. Let's do this." You see, Ishmael was tangible. It was visible. He could put his hands on that son. So we thought, God, just use this. Let's just go that direction. Come on, don't many of us do that in our own life, in our own circumstances? God, just bless this job. God, just bless this decision. Why don't you just bless this season of my life? Not realizing that God can only bless obedience. God can only bless the direction that He has purposed for our life. You see, the Bible tells us that God wrote down in a book every step we would take before we were ever born, before we were ever thought of on this earth, God decided a purpose and a plan for our life. And the truth is, the only thing God can really bless is His purpose and His plan. And until we can get on board with His purpose and His plan, we might never really see the perp- God's actual purpose and plan lived out through our lives today. And I love the idea in this scripture where it says, Then God replied. It's the title of today's message. If you've got your notes, you can get those right there online. Or maybe you're taking notes wherever you are. You want to write down this title that says, But God said. But God said. Abraham had one idea. Abraham thought nothing could actually good could come from that idea. But then God interjected. And he said, No, no, no. Abraham, this wasn't an idea. This wasn't a suggestion. Sarah will have a son. You will be a father many nations. And if you read scripture, you can see where that began to happen. That actually happened. Everything that God had told him and prophesied to him took place. Abraham couldn't get over his reality to see God's purpose for his life. There was a time in my life I thought that process was true for me. I thought just like Abraham had thought. I had a desire to serve God through the church. I gave my heart to the Lord at an early age and I I had a sincere desire to serve him through the local church, but I didn't think there was really any way that that could actually ever happen. Maybe you think the same thing, that it's too late, that you've already ruined your marriage, that you're already too deep in addiction, that you're already too deep in anxiety or depression to ever accomplish anything for God. It's true that we can read truths like, Ephesians chapter 2 but not feel it in ourselves isn't it? Isn't it true that we can read that God was so rich in mercy that he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead and man we can read stories like uh, the story of Abraham and how God persevered and how the miracle took place and Isaac really was the seed of many nations and we can think well that's great God you did it for them but Many of us can't ever decide in our own hearts or really begin to believe in our own hearts that that could ever happen for us. And I've learned this on my own faith journey. That's when we have to submit our feelings to the biblical, to the truth of Scripture. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And we're going to ask God just to speak to us right where we are, wherever it is you're tuning in from, that he would speak to our hearts and he would use his word for what he's promised in his word that it would do, that it would equip us for every good work and inspire us and correct us and teach us and, and give us hope for our tomorrow and healing for our today. So let's pray and then let's dive into the notes together. Father, we love you. We're so grateful for your word that it is alive and breathing and it is for us, everything, recorded in scripture everything recorded in the bible god we recognize today this moment today it is for us and so god i pray for every person on the other end of my voice that you would speak life into us god that you would speak uh hope for our for our future hope for our tomorrow through your word today that we would recognize that uh that it may look one way but you can step in, but God can step in, and he can do immeasurably more than we ever ask, think, or imagine. We know it's because of your great love for us, so Father, today I pray that you would do what only you can do. Meet us right where we are, but don't leave us where you found us, and we'll give you all the credit for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. This is what God says, but God said, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. These are things that I have to remember in my own life. When I'm tempted, when I'm tempted to to hold on to the reality of my today. Because many of our realities, um, they're not good. We're we're suffering through a reality. Maybe we're going through some things and we're saying, God, are you ever going to show up? God, am I ever going to overcome this? Well, today I need to know, there's many times that I need to know that I am forgiven. The Bible reminds us of it in Psalm 103, verses 11 and 12. It says, For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height above the heavens, is the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. We are completely forgive him. When you come to Christ, when you come to Jesus, the truth of the gospel, the truth of who God is, he speaks it over our life today. When we come to him, we are forgiven. You know, it's hard as a human to fully understand complete forgiveness. Really is, isn't it? To fully understand what that actually is, part of it is, is because we can't seem to forget things in our own in our own lives. Come on, you've been offended before, you've walked through hurt before, and many of you right now, as we even talk about those things, you're reminded of times or circumstances or situations where you've been offended, or you've been wounded, or you've been hurt, and. and and you're saying, yep, yeah, absolutely, I'll never forget that. No, I'll, I'll never be able to overcome the memory of it. And a lot of times we think, well, I can forgive, but I'll never forget. And that is a burden we carry in humanity. Our minds, it's hard to forget uh, an offense. Well, the Bible reminds us that God says, when I forgive you, I will, I will throw it as far as the east is from the west. What does that mean? You know, you can walk, begin walking east, and you know what you'll never run into? West. You'll never run into it. Why? He's saying, I will never remember it. I will wipe it from my memory. I remember years ago when I was able to purchase my first vehicle, it was one of those almost too good to be true moments. We had looked. It was 2002 going into 2003, and we, I had I had looked everywhere. I had exhausted, uh, really, everywhere there was to look at a certain amount of money to spend, and we found this one vehicle up in North Alabama, a 1991 Ford Ranger. It was 2002 going into 2003. This vehicle had 35 thousand miles. Everything in our price range that I had looked at up into that time had well over a hundred thousand miles, most of them almost 200,000 miles. And then we see this old vehicle and it was almost in looking like mint condition that only had 35,000 miles. So we jumped on that and we bought that vehicle. And wouldn't you know it, two days after the purchase, two days after we purchased that vehicle, I was on my way home from purchasing brand new tires and wheels for that vehicle and I looked in the rear view mirror and there was so much smoke barreling out of the back of this truck that was brand new to me that I had paid cash for that you could not even see either side of the road. It was this huge cloud of smoke and I went, mean, oh no. We pulled over, got it to the shop barely enough before the thing just quit running only to realize the transmission was completely shot. I had learned in that moment, that just a few short hours later, that the person that had sold us the vehicle had put just enough stuff in the engine and just enough stuff in the transmission just to get it off of their lot and down the road a few hundred miles before they knew it would, it would, it would fall apart. It was a lemon they had sold me. And to this day, can I tell you, when I think about that vehicle, I get angry. I get angry at the salesman and the place. I, I'm reminded that I would I, I'm going to tell everybody: never go to this specific place. Never go to that circum. Uh, put yourself in that circumstance with that salesman at that place. It just angers me to think of it. You know, I ended up wrecking that vehicle not long after that. You many of you know my driving record's not the best, and I wrecked that vehicle, and can I tell you, I finally felt like like it looked on the outside the way I felt it was on the inside. I hated that vehicle because of what I felt like was done to me, the wrong that was done to me. And can I tell you, I'll never be able to overcome the memory of being wronged, and I've chalked it up over the years as a lesson learned, but can I tell you, I've really had to deal with the bitterness in my heart of being wronged in such a way as a young man can I tell you when God created us I'm so glad that he didn't treat us like that I'm so glad that he that he says he removes all of our sins as far as the east is from the west here's what I know that God when he created us he factored in every dumb bad decision that you and I would ever make it's all been factored in and he still made arrangements for us to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. He still made arrangements for Jesus to come to this world and a, live a sinless life and die on the cross to redeem us back to him so that he could say, Child, you are forgiven. You're forgiven. So you're saying to yourself, Okay, so I'm forgiven. I've still made too many mistakes to really do anything good. I'm forgiven, I've still made too many mistakes to ever really accomplish anything for the kingdom, right? You know, just a few weeks ago, we were in an all team meeting at our church and and that's a meeting that we host here at our church, uh, one of our campuses every month for all of the leaders that lead teams here at Cultivate Church. It's about 25 to 40, 25 to 30 to 40 people, depending on the week, who can make it. And and we've got all of our leaders and we just invest in them and we spend time with them and we pray together and we ask God to just guide us and direct us and lead us as we lead our church. And we were uh, in a special moment where we were just kind of sharing our stories because we've added so many people to our teams over the, over the last few months. And we were just kind of getting to know one another and just sharing God's stories in our own lives. And Daniel Odom Maybe you know him. He spoke up, and and it was just a a powerful moment for me specifically as a pastor of this church because he just told everybody who he was, and many of you, if you don't know him, Daniel helps lead our Celebrate Recovery every Friday night here at Cultivate Church, and and he's in a room full of leaders in this church, and, and he stood up, and he said, you know, he said, God's completely changed my life. He said, there was a day I never dreamed I'd be in a room like this, surrounded by people like this. He said, I used to come to this church on a bus from a recovery program. And look what God has done in my life to this point. Here I am leading a ministry, helping people overcome their own hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And I was just reminded in that moment, this man used to come to this church. He was brought on a bus through a rehab program in the uh, the city of Birmingham, and God radically changed his life. He he knows that he was completely forgiven. And now he, along with an incredible team of of other guys and other women, lead a ministry every Friday night that was birthed from his passion to lead others and help them overcome their own habits and hurts and hang-ups. And it was all because he recognized that, you know what? I haven't gone too far. I haven't done too much. There's nothing that God can't overcome. And there's nothing that God can't turn for my good and for his glory. I'm recognized that, that in Christ, through Jesus, I am forgiven. That's a great thing to remind ourselves of when we know that we're walking through seasons of difficulty. Maybe you're here today and you're in that season. You're in a difficult season in your marriage. You're in a difficult season in your life or in your finances or in, your, uh, in an addiction or, or in depression or in anxiety and you just don't know if God could ever do anything good. But God, in His love, provided a way for us to be forgiven. And maybe you recognize, okay, I'm forgiven, but I still don't think I can do anything. Well, you need to know, number two, I also know that I'm valuable. I've learned that I'm valuable. Not only am I forgiven, but I have a purpose. I am useful to the kingdom of heaven. The Bible tells us this in Romans. He says, we can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. We can understand how someone good and noble could aspire us to a selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. But God showed up when I felt as if there was no value. Come on, nobody would, would, uh, would, would, would die for someone of our, of our worth, of who we are. Maybe we could understand of someone dying for a person that's worth dying for. But Paul even recognized that many of us have been in that position. None of us were worth dying for. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But God, but God stepped in and offered his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use. He thought of us as valuable. Now I know this, something's only as valuable as what somebody's willing to pay for it. You know that. Many of us, have we we know that in our life, and maybe there's some things that you'd be willing to pay for that there's no way I would be willing to pay for. I'm a big Braves fan, and many of you know this. We just won the World Series, you know, like the biggest game in all of baseball. Y'all, it's been 26 years since we've won the World Series, so I've pumped. And I remember when we, uh, a few weeks ago, when we knew that we were going to go to the World Series, I had, uh, I was going to purchase tickets because I like, man, it may be another 26 years before we ever get back to the World Series. So I had like literally 12 different people ready and we were all logged in and exactly 9 a.m. when the tickets were gonna go on sale. And I thought surely just by the sheer number of us that are logging in, surely some of us can get tickets at face value because we had already heard that tickets were going. Going through the roof so we knew that if we could log in and be some of the first ones to log in maybe we could get lucky enough to get some tickets and as big a fan as I am I had a limit or I, I might say that my wife had a limit of what I could spend on some tickets right Or what I was willing to see them to go see them live at the field we all logged in 9 a.m. and just a handful of us got in and within seconds The cheapest ticket available was $500 for the nosebleed section. Now, obviously, there were thousands of people that were willing to pay that. I was not willing to pay that. I couldn't go to a World Series game without taking one of my kids, and so that meant at least a minimum of $1,000, and then you're going to pay for parking. Parking was like $300, and and then you're going to probably have to get a hotel room. So you're talking thousands of dollars laid down to go see a ball game, and as big of a fan as I was, it just wasn't something that I was willing to pay, but obviously thousands of other people were willing to pay for it. See, something's only worth what someone's willing to pay. The Bible reminds us in Psalm 139, it says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. What is he saying? God, you know everything there is to know about me. You know every minute thing You know every secret. You know every horrible thing that I wish no one would ever know. You know all of my sin. You know all of my shame. You know all of my fears. God, you know everything. Oh, the thoughts that you know about me outnumber the grains of the sand and the sea. You know more about me than I know about myself. And yet when I wake up in the morning, you are still with me. Come on, we have a tendency to look at our mistakes that we've made, the blemishes of our life, and think we carry little value. But then I read things like this in Scripture and I'm reminded that, listen, my value isn't determined by the mess that I've made of my life, but by the, by the cross, the price that Jesus paid on the cross. The Bible says that He so loved the world that He gave his son. Doesn't that shed new light on a passage of scripture like that? Doesn't it shed new light on the idea that we know that God valued us enough to send his son on a sacrificial mission to give his life while we were of no value to him at all, seemingly? We were no use to him. However, he valued us enough to pay the highest price so that we could have relationship with him. And that reminds me of number three, if you're taking notes. It reminds me that I am loved. I'm loved. Romans 8 verses 35 through 39 tells us this way. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Has the Scripture say for your sake we are killed every day and are being slaughtered like sheep? No! Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loves us. And I love this verse 38. Paul says it. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from his love. No power in the sky above uh, above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing in your life. But Brandon, I've been in addiction for 20 years. Nothing. But I'm already divorced. I've already ruined my marriage. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. But I'm so, I'm so captivated in depression and anxiety and anger and bitterness. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. You're valued. You loved. You're forgiven. God loves you more than you could ever dream or imagine. Come on, you got some parents that are tuning in. Isn't it true that uh, don't our kids spend like at least like the first three years of their life trying us to not trying to get us not to love them? Come on, if there's any parents tuning in, you don't have to teach a kid to be bad. They're awful at times, right? Come on, we've all had kids and we've all struggled through those moments of what in the world am I going to do to help them become decent human beings? It's difficult, right? It's great until like like when they when they get past that little stage and then they start morphing into mutants, I mean teens. I've got a daughter who's almost there and she's starting to mutate a little bit and it can be hard to love people unconditionally. And it can be hard to fully grasp what that looks like. But as a father, I understand this verse. Nothing can separate us from Christ's love. Not one thing in my child's life, not one thing that they would do or walk through could separate my love for them. Now here's what I know, somebody tuning in today, you're dominated by your past. You're dominated by your circumstance. Come on, some of you are dominated through addiction. You're dominated by the failure of your marriage, the failure of your career. You never dreamed that you would find yourself in this position, in this place in your life, and you just don't see how you could ever fully overcome it. But God can change it all. I love that we're going to be walking through this all month long because I know that there are some people tuning in who are struggling in a season of life and they don't think there's a way out. But God can change everything in a moment. In a second, there's a reason that 2,000 years ago that God so loved the world that sent his son Jesus and he lived a perfect sinless life and he died a horrible death on a cross. But three days later, he came back to life conquering death, hell, and the grave for a purpose to redeem us from our past and give us eternal life in him. All of us were dead in our sins. But God, in his great mercy, gave us Jesus I want to pray with you right where you are maybe you're here today and you would tune you're tuned in and you're saying that's absolutely where I am in my walk with God I need a savior I need God to step in and change the now and and and, and I need him to change my eternity and right now where you are you would simply say you would say father forgive me of my sins I'm so sorry that I've lived my life in my own strength in my own desire." In my own emotions I'm sorry that just like Abraham I've said well let's do it my way let's do it in my strength and I've tried so hard to, to accomplish these things this life in my own strength in my own way but I recognize that you said something different that you've called something out of me that I've never recognized in myself and so today I lay my life down and Jesus I pick up your salvation And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you as Lord of my life. Father, thank you for salvation. Thank you for life change. God, thank you that I can live a life on purpose in a way that honors you. And Father, I pray for our church. I pray for everyone tuning in or the sound of my voice. God, that we would recognize that whatever we're walking through, whatever we're going through, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we can all walk through it and we can have a but God moment. There's always a moment where you step in and you do what only you can do, that there's blessing on the other side of obedience. And today we pray, God, as we step through it and we walk in obedience, that we see you step in and do what only you can do in our lives. You'll get all the glory. You'll get all the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen.